As we have just sung, may the presence, may the glory of God be in our midst, in our sanctuary this morning. But even as we would offer that prayer, may we be reminded that we as believers and followers of Christ are the temple of God. And so our prayer would be incomplete today if we did not ask and pray and invite the Spirit of God to make His home to tabernacle within us and that His Spirit and His glory would be made known and full in us as well. We continue this morning in our series of the parables of the way. This morning we consider one of the more familiar parables, the the parable of the four soils. It's a parable that's told in the three synoptic gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, It it basically is the same story. There's some things in in all three of those uh, gospels that adds a little bit of taste and and touch to the story. This morning we want to focus in the story of the parable of the four soils from Luke chapter 8. Verses 4 through 15, and we'll, we'll read that in just a moment. In light of our introduction last week, let me invite us and remind us as we go through the parables of the way that what we are doing is we are not using these parables as a, a portrait of what others look like and about the relationship of God with other people, but rather we have purposed to say we want to look at these parables as mirrors into our own heart, as mirrors into our own lives. And so with this point of view and perspective, we approach the parable of the four soils. And what we discover is that this is a parable that calls us to be faithful. It calls us to produce and experience a harvest of fruit and of good works. The parable offers three reasons or examples of why people leave the faith. Now remember, the the parable takes part as in the early part of Jesus' ministry as he's preaching in Galilee, there along the the Sea of Galilee. And the crowds are beginning to come and and Jesus has surrounded himself with some disciples and, and there's that core group of believers. But already the disciples are noticing that the multitudes are coming. And even though the multitudes respond and and show that they're accepting and believing in this word that Jesus is bringing, that as they look around them, what they notice is that there's no fruit and there's no commitment, there's no faithfulness. And where are all of the multitudes of people? And so for us today, let us hear and listen and understand that this is a parable that calls us to stay, and to remain faithful. For it is only those who stay and remain that receive the harvest and the fruit of that relationship. In Luke chapter 8, we begin in verse 4. When a large crowd was coming together and those from the various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. But other seed fell on the rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. 
And other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. And other seed fell into the good soil, and, and that seed grew up and it produced a crop a hundred times as great. As he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But his disciples began questioning him as to what this parable meant. And he said, To you, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not hear, they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. And those beside the road are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe, and they will not be saved. And those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, they receive the word with joy. Yet these have no firm root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation, they fall away. And the seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard. And as they go on their way, they are choked. Choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life. And they bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed in the good soil. These are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart. And they hold it fast. And they bear fruit with perseverance. This morning, I want us to briefly to reflect and to, to go back over these different soils. And I suspect that, that most of you have studied this parable and this passage numerous times. But my prayer today is that we would not let its familiarity keep us from really listening and hearing this, this parable. For it is important that we allow God's Word to continue to remain active and dynamic and sharp in our lives, even as we would reread and reconsider these familiar passages. So first, as the story would tell us, let's, let's look at and reflect on the hard soil. Now it's interesting, as we look at these two verses that deal specifically with the hard soil, what we discover about the Word of God, the seed that is cast upon the, the hard soil, is that it is trampled or it is eaten. It is even snatched away from the hard ground. Could it be today that we could understand the hard soil as the hard heart? Notice that this seed is never given the opportunity to penetrate the soil or even the heart of the one who would hear it. For you see, this word is trampled by others. This word is eaten by scavengers. This word is snatched away by the enemy who, who would see its potential and would do everything to keep that seed, that word, from coming to fruition. Church, today, do you feel like maybe you've been trampled by others? Maybe you've suffered abuse at the hands of someone else, maybe even someone that you loved and trusted? Have you been victimized 
And the truth is, you have had to harden your heart. You've had to harden your heart as a way to protect yourself, as a way to survive. But even so, as your heart has been hardened, as it continues to harden, you have come to that place and that realization that this hardness is preventing you from experiencing the new life of Christ. That this hardness of heart is experiencing you from is keeping you from experiencing the harvest of, of the good things, of the abundant life that Christ has for you. This morning, would you say you feel like your life reflects this hard soil? On the other hand, in Psalm 1, I think the psalmist also describes another way, another path that our, our heart is hardened the psalmist would say, as our hearts are hardened as we seek the counsel of the wicked. We seek the counsel of the earthly. As we seek the counsel and follow in the footsteps of, of sinners. As we sit around the table with those who mock and who ridicule our faith and are cynical about life. And as we put ourselves in those places, as we walk those paths, as we sit around those tables, then what we will discover over a period of time is that our heart will become hardened and more hardened and more hardened to repel the Word of God when it comes into the path of our heart or our life. And listen to the impact of the hard soil. The hard soil reflects those who will not believe. They will never believe. And they will not be saved. As we read through Scripture, it is fascinating. As we, we read, as we discover, as we look into the consequences of those who are described as hard-hearted people. The Scripture tells us that hard-hearted people never find or experience healing in their life. That hard-hearted people never come to that place of brokenness in their lives, to that place of repentance in their lives where they confess their brokenness to God, where they cry out in their sin to God, and they turn from that, they declare, they own and embrace their own brokenness so that God can then begin to plant and allow His Word, His seed to grow and heal in our lives. The hard soil, those hard places in our life will never experience the fruit God desires if we do not somehow come to that place of brokenness so that God can heal. But then the parable goes on to a different kind of soil. It's a soil that we often call the, the rocky soil. Now it's interesting that the rocky soil represents those who hear and receive God's word with joy. You can just imagine the, the multitudes as they would gather with Jesus. We, we have reports of 5,000 men and, and, and women and others gathering, 4,000 gathering. The multitudes follow Jesus everywhere. And you can imagine as they would hear him teach the joy and the excitement in which they would respond and, and receive this teaching. But then they would slowly wither away. 
There'd be no growth. There'd be no maturity. And ultimately, there'd be no faith, no fruit. And I can't help but picture those that would go to some kind of a revival experience, those who would go to a camp or to a retreat, those who would go and and would have an initial response of joy. Yet there's no growth, and soon they begin to wither away. And Jesus observes that the, the cause of this is that there's no moisture, there's no nourishment in that soil. There's no firm roots that develop and grow and mature because there are rocks, there are obstacles that are in that soil. The folks who who represent that rocky soil are those who are unlike the tree. The tree of Psalm 1 that, that is planted by the river whose roots grow deep and strong and are constantly nourished, allowing that tree to produce fruit in every season. Jesus goes on to share with us that the rocky soil reflects those and represents those who fall away in times of temptation. For you see, their roots cannot grow deep and strong enough to handle and to to weather those times of temptation. Instead, they wither away. Have you identified the rocks in your life? The rocks that, that manifest themselves as you experience those temptations that would come along and you realize that as much as your, your head wants to, as much as your, your heart wants to, that whenever those temptations come along, that your roots just aren't quite deep enough to weather that storm and to get you through that season. And sure enough, you wither away and you never grow because the roots cannot penetrate and get past those rocks. Could it be in your life that as you begin to name those rocks that you have the rock of of habit, the rock of addiction, maybe the rock that you struggle with is actually another person, a name, a, a group of people that become that point in which you fall and you wither away whenever you're in their company. Maybe there's a lust or a desire that you aren't willing to let go of. James says it this way. He says that each of us are tempted when we are carried away and when we are enticed by our own lusts. Oh, that we would at least have the courage and the wisdom to say, I'm aware of that which entices me. I'm aware of that which I lust after. And oh God, that you would give me the courage to remove myself from those situations and those places and not to welcome myself into them. John tells us that it's the lusts and the loves of this world that make up the rocks that keep us from the fullness of God and of His love and of His harvest for us. Too often we know what those rocks are, but instead of working to remove those rocks, we just tolerate them, not realizing over a period of time that we continue to wither and to not mature and not to bear fruit. 
The third kind of soil that, that Jesus reminds us about is called the, the thorny soil. Interesting that the thorny soil is that soil in which the gospel, the word of God becomes choked out. You see, they hear the word of God and the seed sprouts and the seed even begins to grow. But the worries and the riches, Mark calls it the deceitfulness of riches. The pleasures of this life and of this world grow up with the seeds of God's word and they begin to choke it out. What a powerful, powerful metaphor. Have, have you ever been choked? It's a frightening place to be. It's a frightening place to be when, you, when your body senses that, that there's no oxygen and no air coming to it and you panic and in that moment you do everything that you can that's possible to, to clear that airway, to, to struggle free from whatever is clinching you and taking that breath away. And that's the picture that God offers, that Jesus offers us of his word, that his word is literally being choked out by the worries, by the riches, by the pleasures of this world. It is being strangled. It is being suffocated. Life is out of control. And we find ourselves gasping, gasping for air, gasping for life. The thorny soil, we are told, bears no mature fruit. Maybe this is the most frustrating of the soils because we actually see a, a plant that begins to grow. The green stalk or the vine, it, it springs forth. And when it springs forth, we have the hope that the harvest, the fruit, will soon come. We look around and, and we see the leaves of the vine begin to grow and develop. We may even see a flower promising the coming fruit. But what we don't see is underneath in the soil, the roots of the weeds beginning to, to spread, and then as they shoot up, they choke out and they suffocate God's Word. They choke out that seed. And therefore, the result is there is no fruit in our lives. In church, there is no fruit in the lives of our children because too often we nurture those, those green weeds over the green plants of God's Word. We are raising thorns amongst our children instead of cultivating soil where the fruit of God can produce a harvest. Look around the church. We look good. We're green. But where is the fruit? Where is the mature spiritual fruit that should be in harvest all over this place? You see, there is no fruit and there will never be any fruit until we clear our lives, until we clear our families, until we even clear this community that we call church and First Baptist of the worries and the busyness and the distractions of life. And because we don't, we find ourselves in the midst of the thorns and not the fruit 
But thank goodness, thank goodness for the good soil. Isn't it interesting that in the good soil, the, the word of God, the seed is, is, is spread out. And we begin to see a harvest come true. In fact, Luke tells us that a harvest of a hundred times is in our future. Now, in that day, a harvest of ten times would be incredible, would be great. But now, the Spirit of God promises that we will bear fruit with perseverance in and out of season. And that we will bear fruit a hundred times as great as what is harvested in our lives. So church, what does that harvest look like? Again, as you're familiar with, with what I believe, I, I think this, the fruit of that Spirit is what the harvest looks like. And in Galatians 5, we're told that the fruit of the Spirit of God, as the Word of God is planted within us, as the Spirit of God nurtures and matures that seed, it produces love and joy and peace and, peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And the good soil provides a depth that our roots can grow. They can grow deep. They can grow deep and be nourished. They can grow deep and benefit from the richness of the soil. And because of this, they produce an abundance of harvest, an abundance of fruit. So church, what is the key to good soil? Because I think we would all say, we want to be a people, we want to be a, a community, we want to have families filled with good soil. And I think Jesus offers us a peek into what he means when he says, the word on the good soil is reflected by those with an honest and a pure heart. In contrast to the hard heart, the good soil reflects the good heart. A heart that is broken and where the rocks and the weeds and the thorns have been removed. A heart that holds fast. That hangs on to the Word of God. That holds on to the gift of salvation and God's grace in our lives. And thereby produces a harvest. A harvest that perseveres. A harvest that brings forth fruit in its own time. Church, we are called to be the good soil. But the good soil comes from an honest and a pure heart. And then in verse 8, as Jesus is trying to help us to understand and, and leads to the teaching of this parable, he says, He or she who has ears to hear, let him, let her hear. This means, this means that when you look into your mirror, what do you see? God, give us eyes to see. When I look into this, to my mirror, give me eyes to understand this parable. Give me eyes to see the hardness of heart that is within, where there is no healing and where there is no repentance in my life. God, help me to see the rocks that are within, where I'm falling away, where I'm enticed by temptation. Oh God, if I could just remove these rocks... Oh, that we would have the courage to look into the mirror and to see the thorns and the weeds and to see where there is no fruit. You come to church, you read your Bible, you serve others, but still there is no harvest. What worries, what pleasures, what pursuits of riches are keeping you from experiencing the harvest that God has called us to? 
And if we are honest, this mirror will reveal that in our own lives, in our own hearts, all four of these soils are present. But will we be honest of the hardness of our heart towards others? The bitterness that we continue to harbor towards others. Will we be honest about the hardness that still exists? Will we be honest about those temptations that are deep within? About those rocks that won't let us to grow and to mature? Will we be honest about the worries and the pursuits and the pleasures that choke God out of our lives? You see, the way of the harvest is the way of an honest and a pure heart. Jesus said it this way in the Sermon on the Mount, in the Beatitudes. He said, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Those who are pure in heart will see a harvest. They'll be blessed for they will see God. Jesus says that with a pure heart, we will see God. And what keeps us from seeing God? Hardness of heart, rocks, thorns. What we need today is a fresh glimpse of God. What we need today is for God to create within us a pure and a clean heart so that His Word can come and be manifest within us. Church, today I want to invite us to pray for the harvest. Pray for the harvest of our lives. To Pray for the harvest of our church. In Psalm 51, that beautiful hymn, or that beautiful psalm of contrition, of repentance, David cries out, God, create in me a clean, a pure heart. God, create in me a clean heart so that I might see you. So that I might receive your word. And so that your word then might become fruitful and abundant, and multiplying in my life in all seasons and at all times. Church, would you make that prayer today? As you look in the mirror of your life, would you make this prayer, God, create in me a clean, a pure, and honest heart so that your seed will be multiplied and produce the harvest that you intend. Let's pray.